You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hey, hey, Marquis Laughlin here. Welcome to another edition of Bible Prophecy Daily. I'm your host today, and we are getting into a Revelation commentary. I call it the Director's Commentary because I'm trying to give it to you from a storyteller's perspective and uh, kind of break it down in a very simple understanding uh, way to be able to understand it. I want you to really uh, focus on big questions things that you can't find the answers to in a regular commentary. Hopefully, you'll find them here. Now, what I'm doing uh, today is focusing on chapters 2 and 3 in Revelation. Uh, They are contained, the seven letters to the churches, uh, that uh, is so controversial. There's so many ways that these have been interpreted. Um, I'll cover a few of them, but I'm going to focus on what I believe is the ultimate interpretation of the most biblical one that the, their, for their ultimate fulfillment. Um, now, why is this important? Because if we, if we do not properly interpret the letters to the churches, we remove, we take away, the single most important instructions that Jesus gave to the church. We take it right out of our hands during the most important time when it's going to be needed. So we're, we're basically, this is like, um, not interpreting this, uh, these letters correctly, not really understanding them. It's kind of like being in a two minute drill at the end of an NFL game and it's football and your coaches, your coaches, got his headset on and he's telling you the plays and your helmet, it's fuzzy. You're not getting it. You're hitting it. It's not working. And so you don't know what play. You're the quarterback. You don't know what play to call, what play to run. Uh, you don't know what the defense is doing. Your your coach is trying to tell you, but you've, you, you can't hear him. That's what it's like. It's clutch time. You really need to know this information. And when it's really needed the most, you aren't able to access it. That's why this is so important today. So hopefully I'm going to give you a better grip on that. I just think this is a a fascinating topic. It's one I've struggled with since I started to try to memorize Revelation 30 years ago. I've performed Revelation now probably 700 times uh, all over the world. And um, uh, these letters are become, seem, are seeming to become more and more, uh, understandable and uh, their context is clear to me um, as we get closer I always tell people you you can't prophecy isn't like um, the rest of the Bible because prophecy is stuff that has not happened yet so it, it's a lot easier to say what happened uh, than to say what hasn't happened yet it's a lot you can make a lot more mistakes and you tend to uh, With Bible prophecy, you tend to understand it and see it more clearly the closer you get to it. And obviously, when you uh, when it has happened, you can look back on it pretty clearly too. But the trick about the 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 tricky thing about uh, Bible prophecy is that God has what's called near far fulfillments. So you may read something in the Bible and go, "Yes, that was fulfilled in such and such uh, B.C." 
and um, going about your business and then find out and you're alive uh, during Jesus's lifetime, he's actually the ultimate fulfillment of that particular verse. And that is the, that's because God, uh, God speaks his word for all time. It's a, it's not um, just for a, a one-off most of the time when God says something, he says it and it's true and it just get, keeps getting truer. I, I love how Solomon puts it. He says, there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. Is, it, is there anything of which one could say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. And he talks about the cyclical nature of everything, including history. So, and that is really in line with the way that um, the um, the Eastern world, in particular, tells stories. Uh, very similar, uh, you know, we have examples of that. We call them the parables. Jesus would make one point, but he would tell three stories to make the point. He would tell you three parables because he was teaching you one point. He was really telling the same story uh, and giving you different camera angles on it. And that is more of the storytelling style that God has. And that's more of the Eastern style. Um, in the West, we tell stories of the beginning, middle, and end. And then they're done and they never repeat. So uh, we're just that's just our style of doing it. But once you understand that's a different way of presenting information, it's a, it's a way of teaching um, that the rabbis used a lot. Um, then you start to get a little more of the hang of it and get the points a little bit better. It's very effective. So we're going to uh, talk about the seven letters in the seven churches. And we know some of the common interpretations. Some people say, okay, everyone agrees these were actually seven churches in real, they were historic, they were really there uh, when Paul wrote to them and they were active and they had these characteristics and these cities and towns they had were, uh, had, had things about them in them that make sense from what John writes about them. So they're real places, real people, real churches in real cities. Uh, we, we all agree on that. That's the way God does it when he gives words to a prophet. When he shares his word, he, he puts it in real time and makes it applicable to the audience that gets it right there. But that does not discount what he is going to do with it later on, as we see over and over again, whenever prophecy is fulfilled that uh, isn't, wasn't given in our lifetime. We see that over and over again. So uh, we have to be aware of that. Um, and the context uh, of Revelation um, is, to me, the, the most important thing to 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 uh to keep focusing on because the context of the book is uh this is information that god gave to his son jesus and he gave it to his angel to give to his servants so that they would know about the revelation of jesus christ this is a book about the revelation of jesus christ the time when he comes and reveals himself to all creation that time frame is what this book is about. That's the emphasis of it, to show you what is going to happen here at this particular time frame. So um, that's the purpose. So any interpretation ultimately that we get out of it has to serve the purpose of the book. Uh, otherwise, we're, we're twisting things out of context and making them important in ways that um, 
are less important than the main thing. So that's the, that's the point. So keep that in mind. Uh, it, you'd be surprised when you dive into these commentaries of how often the uh, commentator does not keep that in mind. And that, that I always find that kind of be frustrating because I'm reading the title of the book. I'm reading the first few verses of the book, and this tells me what this is about and why it was written. And then you're interpreting things that ignore that. Um, that's part of my frustration with uh, folks that believe Jesus is going to come before anything starts happening. And I think, well, if that's true, or we're not, we're gone after chapter four, we're going to be raptured before chapter four starts happening, then why did, why did he give us the rest of the book? What, what, what's, what's the deal? The purpose of the book is so that we'll know what's going to happen when he reveals this stuff. So it's not, we're, it's not, he's not telling us a story that we're not a part of. Uh, and, um, you know, we're, we're all over the book of Revelation. Uh, so it's just a profound thing. But easy to get off track because you get in the weeds. You start to look at details so much that you lose the perspective of the basics of context. But uh, these were, we can uh, agree, uh that they were historical places. We could agree they were real people that uh, John wrote these two that initially got them, that these letters were sent to them. Um, they also fulfilled real prophecies that happened very soon after they were given the warnings to the churches. Um, they, they large for the large part, came true. There's some warnings that they were given, some prophecies they were given that are impossible uh, to come true for that generation because they are contextually uh, detailing things that only happened during uh, the 70th week of Daniel. So, and, and I think that is a, a good point to make because you, you, you have these letters to these churches and they're talking about, they say things that can't be true unless um, this congregation or this the the church these instructions are being given to people who are living very close to the literal return of Jesus so uh, uh examples like i will keep you from the hour of trial uh, it's going to test the whole world now that is a uh, that's a clear reference to daniel's 70th week the second half uh the the whole world is going to be tried uh, so that is not something that could have come true uh, uh, in the first uh, century to believers who were initially getting this. So there are things like that all through the letters um, that are also clues to the ultimate context, uh, which is stated in the purpose of the book. It, the, the, the ultimate purpose of Revelation is to give instruction to believers who are going to be live just before the return of Christ. During Daniel's 70th week, these are our special instructions for that. And I'm going to show you how that's laid out. Um, all of the churches uh, in Revelation, all of them are in what we would call the, the modern-day Turkey, the center of Antichrist's future kingdom, uh, which I find interesting. He's talking to people who are literally, he's giving you a clue about the context of his coming and what's going to be happening there. Um, and uh, I love the fact that he, he uses, he who has an ear, let him hear at the end of each one of the messages to the churches. Now, when you, you, when you start looking at that phrase, 
uh, and Jesus's use of it, you find it in so many of his parables about the kingdom. And it's always a discerning of, of real believers that hear versus from those that don't. He talks about the parable of the salt. If it loses its saltiness, it's only good to be thrown out. So if you, if you can't hear, you're good to be thrown out. If you can hear, you're salty, you're what I want. It's always in relationship to uh, his sheep that hear his voice. Uh, The sheep that don't hear his voice are not his sheep. So there's this sifting of people when he says that. And it's very cautionary because you want to be those that can hear his voice. You want to make sure that you can hear his voice it's a it's the ultimate listen up because it's expensive if you don't if you can't hear me that's not good so um i love that he uses that um, because that is the call that the church has got to put out um during the 70th week of daniel our 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 big concern our uh the the big thing that will be going on within our churches is uh, because of the the time of a time of testing and perseverance that we're going to be going through is we're going to be sifting people who have ears to hear from people who don't. That will be the defining uh, uh, trait of the church. It'll be uh, time to find out who the real deal is. It's like what's my line? That old game show. At the end, they'd say, "Okay, so and so, the real person, stand up," and then they'd almost. A couple of would almost stand up. It's like if you're in church and then the one person would stand up, that was really them. That's how it's going to be with believers. And that's what Jesus is doing with these letters. So uh, the fascinating thing about the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation is that they fit exactly what Jesus said would happen uh, in Matthew 24. And of course, the sequence of events that Jesus described, uh, beginning a room, you know, uh, make sure no man deceives you, wars, rumors of wars, famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these things Jesus talks about prior to his return have a sequence. And that sequence is repeated again in Luke. It's repeated in Mark. It's uh, actually repeated in Daniel. Uh, It's in John's gospel. Part of it is in John's gospel, the sequence leading up to the resurrection and the rapture. Uh, It it is, oh, Paul repeats uh, 21 points of Jesus's uh, 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 teaching on the end times in Thessalonians. Uh, So you, you have a very oft repeated sequence of events about Jesus's return. And they're literally, uh, the, the letters, what these believers are predicted to be going through, the things they're dealing with, mirror th- this same sequence. Beginning with Ephesus, um, uh, Ephesus mirrors the deception by false messiahs. They have to sift through people to make sure they're really telling the word of God. Smyrna, the, the word Smyrna actually means myrrh. It's about, it's an embalming fluid, literally. Um, So they are dealing with war and bloodshed. Uh, Pergamum, they're dealing with famine, persecution, Thyatira, the abomination of desolation. Uh, Sardis, martyrdom. Philadelphia, uh, celestial earthly disturbance and resurrection and rapture. And then, of course, Laodicea, uh, the day of the Lord, wrath the year of God's recompense. And so what you're dealing with is basically uh, these churches representing 
the seven years of Daniel's 70th week and their instructions to the church year by year of how to uh, survive, how to go through them, how to live through them with the hope that Jesus is returning. And of course, I, I personally believe that the last year, the, the seventh year of Daniel's 70th week, um, that is the year that the, or the, the end of the sixth year, the beginning of the seventh year, that is the year that God is good, that Jesus is going to return and, uh, start, uh, uh, literally what is going to be a year of judgment, which would be the trumpet judgments. And of course, then at the end of them, the bowl judgments. So, um, you've got five months of, uh, the fifth trumpet, um, torture of those who have taken the mark of the beast. They cannot die during that time, which may be a result of the mark of the beast, but uh, they are enduring that. That's God's wrath, clearly, um, starting with the first trumpet and uh, fire and brimstone being rained down on the earth. That's the clear start of God's wrath after the day of the Lord, the signs and the suns and the moons and the stars and him sending his angels out to gather together his elect before he rains down, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, his wrath on people. So um, that sequence, uh, we're going to do a deep dive in, um, in uh, the coming, uh, probably next month or so. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on each one of these churches and how the instructions to them uh, match, what, match what Jesus said might be happening at that time in Matthew 24. Now, until then, I can't encourage you enough to get a great resource for this whole concept because it's not something that you can find in a commentary anywhere. Um, it is by Nelson Walters. He's another commentary, uh, com, uh, another uh, a speaker, um, and, and he wrote a book called Revelation Revealed. Very, very good book on the book of Revelation. I can't recommend it enough. I always give it out to people who want to try to understand this better. But you can you can find that book at actsoftheword.com. We have some. You can also search, uh, I think, uh, The Gospel in the End Times. is Nelson Walters' uh, uh, website, gospelinintheendtimes.com. Uh, and you might be able to find it. You can find it on Amazon, I'm sure. But it's called Revelation Revealed. And it has a whole uh, huge chap seven chapters on the seven churches and how they they literally literally these instructions are great instructions uh to deal with uh the sequence of events that jesus talks about uh that are going to happen just before he returns so we want to be ready when he returns uh, that's our i think every every one of us have that same passion to personally be ready but also to try to prepare other believers and our friends and our families and get them ready for Jesus's return, and so the that what better what better instructions than the instructions God gave to His angel to give to us, so that we would know the things that must soon take place. What a humbling thing! So God bless you, uh, and until next time when we start doing a deep dive on this and start going to chapters uh, through chapters two and three and on to four. Uh, God bless you and shalom. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.